Blaine and Mickey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into the uh, Thursday edition. How you doing? Lucas, how are you doing? You got a flying circus around here trying to keep things going back and forth from L.A. to, to Nashville with Buck. Radio Row is a fascinating thing. It's the only place in the world where Sylvester Stallone can be running around in the same room as Darren Woodson. And then you say, let's talk to the three-time Super Bowl champ. And he sits down and he says, let me tell you something about sleep number. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I talked about pork rinds with Billy White. She was Johnson. And we talked about helmets with Mike Golick's wife one time. And uh, One time we talked to Bill uh, Romanowski about what, what he was talking about, sheep. Sheep urine. Yeah, sheep urine. But only sheep from Germany and a specific sheep in a specific place in Germany who he had their urine harvested and ingested it into his body somehow to help him. Yeah, weekly. Yeah. To to help recovery and uh, make him feel like he was. yeah, really strong. So was he was he was he pushing <laughs> sheep urine? Was that what he it was? He wasn't selling like vials of sheep urine. Yeah. He was just more like espousing a healthy lifestyle. He had smoothies and things that he Oh, yeah, he was doing smoothies, but yeah. uh but through that conversation though, he said that he it was like how many different things that he would mix or take throughout a season on a weekly basis? It was some astronomical number, like 40 different things or something crazy. I was looking at him like Oh, so that's why I watched you in high school, and then I ended up playing against you when I got older. <laughs> you played because he played a long time. People forget he started with the 49ers. 49ers played for the Raiders, then the Broncos. Then he went back to I think maybe the Broncos at the end, or was it the Raiders? I I don't remember, but he played forever. And even even in these days, when we were talking to him, however old he was at then. At that time, he, he still looked like he could just completely wreck you if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he always had smoothies and stuff. And it's that sheep urine. Uh, uh, hey, man, I may need a couple of glasses of that stuff just because uh, I don't know what Romo, uh, all he had done, Romanowski, but uh, he was fascinating to talk to. We, But, but it's, it's okay. You still look pretty good, though, Mickey. I can uh, say that about yeah, you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it, what, yeah, I wouldn't say nothing if, I, if it, it wasn't true. <laughs> See, that's how you got to take that. I wouldn't say. That. I wouldn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't say he looks old. You yeah, just yeah. wouldn't comment on it. Yeah, we feel old. It. Yeah, yeah. That's all right, man. You getting it done, man. You faking us all out. Ah, I'm it's okay that you're. Old. It's okay that you're 59. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, Major Jennifer Anderson. Oh, there you go. I'll say that. I saw Ooh. an article today that 53 is your best age. They what? said. Well, for women, as far as what they wear. So I'm just trying to tag onto that of something good coming oh, out of they me there. being the same age as Jennifer Aniston. Like everybody looks as good as Jennifer Aniston, right? She's got a team to make her look good. I just have to rely on myself. Then I have you two to make me sound good. So, you know, at least there's that. <laughs> at least there's that. Right, well, you're doing a good job, man. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, I'm yeah, trying my best. <laughs> You're hanging in there. We're doing all right, man. You're hanging in a lot better than, uh, you know, a lot of these guys going down to the Super Bowl, right? I'm hanging in there better than uh, James Harden does on any team that he seems to land on. Oh, James Harden. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's got traded. He cried himself to getting traded. <laughs> this is, two, is this two years in a row? It I is. So. They said he, the report was he, put, he did not put in a formal request to be traded because he didn't want the public backlash that would result from that. S- s- stop that. <laughs> I'm just relaying the report. <laughs> it's been so long since we've had to stop, stop that. that. Well, people, I don't want yeah, people yeah. to get mad it's at just me. Like the, I know, I'm just kidding with you. But it's just like the NFL. He didn't put in a formal list, but his agent did. 
Yes, he did. He was up there pouting. He's talking about his hamstring hurt now. He rested. And he's like, y'all don't play me. My hamstring hurt. Uh, Julio. I mean, uh, yeah, Harden. Yeah, if you don't play me, I'm out. He thinks yeah. he's about to get well now when he puts on that red, white, and blue yeah. Sixers so, uniform. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. So they had this blockbuster trade, James Harden to these 76ers for Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons. Yeah. yeah, Ben Simmons, yeah. Ben Simmons is just like, what? He's disappeared. Like, what are we doing? Great athlete. <laughs> he's dating one. Uh, is he still dating one of the Kardashians? Maybe that's where he's going wrong. Ben maybe Simmons? Not. Yeah, maybe not. But he was for a while. I don't yeah, know he was, he yeah. Is. But he, all he needs to do is work on his jump shot. Uh, it sounds like that's real easy. But, man, you're getting paid. I mean, whoa. Woo, man, like $25 million a year? You can't, on the offseason, work on your jump shot? That's all he has to do. He's got everything else. He's got point guard skills. He can handle the rock. He has, you know, the jump hook, uh, mid-range. Uh, yeah, he just can't shoot consistently from three. In this day and age, even at 16, he's got to be able, with those kind of skills, he's got to be able to shoot uh, and just be a 30% shooter from three-point line. 30. He can't do it. He shies away from taking the shot. He's done it two years in a row with the 76. They had to eventually put him on the bench. And then, you know, then when, you know, his Embiid start talking bad about you, then you in trouble because he kind of kind of big. The NBA. And the Philly, Philly fans was not holding back on him either, Ben Simmons. I think he he he, he just says, I, I can't play for Philly. These fans, media is just coming and attacking me. And and remind people, where'd you play the last year of your career? Uh, oh, Philly. <laughs> So, just, oh, so, man. just so they know that you uh, know what you're talking about. Oh man, good lord! There's some cool things too. You know, I got to meet some. You know, cool. I got that's when I got to meet Stephen A. He's from that area. Uh, got to sit up there with AI. Oh, that's pretty cool there. How tall is he? AI? Oh, five uh, eleven ish. He's not that tall, but he's super skinny. Man, he's a little guy, and I just fascinated because I got, I wanted to look him up at that time, and I was like, man, this dude was a great. High school football player. He could have played. He was Mr. Football and Mr. Basketball. Man, I was like, wow. It's from the Virginia area or somewhere around there. Yeah, so he's, uh, man, he was a phenomenal athlete, though. Um, yeah, just was in a little VIP area with him. He was chilling out at that time, so he was a little different version of the AI when he uh, was a, was the big dog. He he has to be the greatest little player in NBA history. And I say little like six feet or under. I mean, it's probably not a very big list of people, and I know a lot mm-hmm. of people remember like Muggsy Bogues and Spud Webb, but I'm right. saying like a guy who just pull in on the bus and <laughs> drop 35 on you and then leave town right, and go yeah. do that somewhere else the next night. He could do that for season no, after season he, after he season. He was built to be playing for Philly because the guy was tough as nails and played really hard. That's why he went after Larry Brown. I know the media made fun of mockery because it is funny. He said, you're talking about practice? He should have <laughs> just said – do you watch me play in the game? Yeah. I, every game, I play like it's my last game. So you're talking about me at practice in the pros? Really? Is that where we're going? That I didn't practice hard? Or you I sound, didn't show up for practice? You sounded a lot like him. Yeah. yeah. I that, think you remember that, that speech. I do. Yeah, because I, I was laughing because this guy was the pride of Philly. It, it was like him and Sylvester Stallone was running up those steps together. <laughs> Rocky. I mean, come on, man. I mean, they, he was the rock. Man, I, wow. And I, I guess he wanted him, being that he was the leader and the best player, he wanted him to lead by example. And I get where Larry was coming from and wasn't getting any traction on that. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to let, you know, big dogs be big dogs.
Hey, I can go down a laundry list of some guys I play with that are big dogs, and they definitely didn't follow follow that platform either. So I don't know. We'll throw them under the bus. Mm-hmm. When you have exceptional talent, sometimes you have exceptions to the rules. Yeah, I would yeah. know. I mean, I never had yeah. that, but yeah. I, but I was around people who did, and I yeah. saw how they handled their business. Yeah, well, I mean, just you know, give you a little till you know, the late great McNair. I, I I don't think I ran out of fingers how many times he was late to our flight, and I was like, let's go. We cannot keep doing this because I sat on this flight for an hour, and you say he around the corner. Well, this ain't around the corner where I'm from. This is like an hour. <laughs> So, mm-mm, let's go. So, I think we only left him one time. Notice, that, notice how none of that ever got out, though. Never got out. Oh, but, but B.Y. Miss, boy, he got yeah. out. Oh, everybody knew what he was. He got there. out. <laughs> Today, that would get out, right? Yeah, see? So, oh. I mean, you know, it just the way it was. We was all cool with it, but we, we, we had Neil O'Donnell, you know. So, we, we hey, we, let's go. <laughs> and then all you got to do is go up to the big dog. You know who Big Dog is, right? The living legend. Bruce. Hey, man, I'm getting hot on here. Are you getting hot? I said, I see you got your leg across those other two seats. Since he had three seats. He got, oh, he got three. He got his own aisle. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he did. I was like, hey, man, we getting hot there in the back, man. They can't, they can't turn the arrow back there, man. I think I'm going to pass out. What about you, man? Why don't you go up here and tell Fishbone we got to go? All right, I got you. <laughs> Play <laughs> starts up the engine. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. The living legend goes up there and says, "Start the plane." The plane starts, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they had a pre-existing relationship there at USC. <laughs> hey, people may forget that but they went to crazy. college with each other. That Fisher is and Bruce Matthews. Yeah, that is insane. That's why I call him the living legend. And Fisher literally played, what, four or five years in the NFL for the Bears, then embarked on his coaching career, then gets all the way to head coach, and Bruce is not only still playing, but still a a literal, not just pro bowler, all pro oh. player. Oh, since we're talking about safety, we only got one more. We'll keep going down this road. So we'll, the living legend, Bruce Matthews, they told everybody to stop giving rookies haircuts. And these crazy haircuts, divots and mohawks going sideways and all this craziness, right? You know, stop giving them haircuts. You can make them carry your pads and do all this other and stuff. And for people don't remember, there used to be rookie hazing where one yeah. day they would all get the clippers and get some ridiculous yeah, that haircut. Was especially when I got in the league, they chopped my – I wanted to fight. I was so mad. They had to pin me down and wrap me around the pole <laughs> with a rope. And they said, we're going to get all your good curly locks. I was like, what? I said, hey, man, y'all do that, man. We're not. They caught me while I'm asleep at night. They attacked me. But anyway, I'm going to go into a different stuff. Yeah, Bruce was supposed to stop. Everybody was supposed to stop. Everybody else stops except Bruce. I said, hey, man, we can't do that anymore. When I came into the league, Blaine. They cut my hair. And until I'm not playing, will I not be cutting people's hair? <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. <laughs> cool. I said, but does that mean I can do it? I just told you I will be cutting hair until I stop playing. That is a you decision. Oh. This is I decision.
<laughs> I was like, whoa. And nobody ever questioned that he kept doing that. But nobody else did. Mm-mm. So another exception to the rule. Yeah, great players have exceptions. I, I, I really had a, 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 you know, a really issue like, well, he's not following the rules. I'm following the rules. He can not follow the rules. You must follow the rules. <laughs> they were still doing that as of a few years ago, right? Like, didn't Tim Tebow have the, like, monk haircut when he came into the league? They gave him the oh. with the Broncos? I think some teams have continued to do stuff yeah. like that. If, you go, if you're young and you think, what in the world are these guys talking about? They used to duct tape people to the goalposts and shave their heads and funny haircuts and I mean, they still do the rookie dinners where, like, the linemen take the rookie out and, you know, have an $18,000 dinner. Well, no, they go by groups. So yeah. you go by each position So uh, group. some young cornerback has to buy yeah. his group, or some safety. Drafting. and Yeah, whoever was a draft So pick. you just get taken uh, for, yeah, yeah, a draft pick. Yeah, I was crying when I did it. Yeah, because I wasn't making no money. I was last round. I was like, man, I don't know if I can. I, I don't know if I can afford it. I was begging Chris Dishman, man, please don't let me. I don't, man. It's going to drain me, man. What if they cut me the next day? Oh man, that would I was be up scary. there crying. I was like, seriously, like, man, come on, like, pleading to him. He's like, nah, you got to pay. What What was the tab that night? Oh, I don't. I think you know. Back in that was a lot of money to me. I think it was like seven thousand. <laughs> seven thousand then, dude. I was like, man, that's a down payment. I don't even have a car yet. You hadn't even bought the Camry yet. Nope. My rookie year. And this is we was in, in San Antonio. I was, I was mad. Guess what? The next day, from that day on, oh, I wrecked shop. I took it out on everybody. I said, I, if I'm going to go out with no money, somebody's going to pay for this. Somebody's going to pay for this. I was hot. They're like, what is wrong with Blaine? Mm-mm. Nope. Stop hitting people. Mm-mm. Nope. Anything come across my way, I'm hitting them. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out my way. Maybe some friendly fire, too, for those dudes who had ordered extra, you know, yeah. rack of ribs and a bottle of champagne that night. Yeah, they did, because that's what they did. Yeah. Took I, it home with them. Uh-huh. But was it just safeties or all the DBs? Oh, no, no. It's all the DBs. You can't quantify, like, safeties, corners. It's the defensive back group. They, if you get a draft pick, it doesn't matter. You at least get to split it with somebody, or it was all you? No, I was the only one. Ow. I was the Lone Ranger. And for people who don't remember, we talked State. about this. The minimum salary then was like 100000 That was 7% of what you made. No, my minimum salary was uh, 128 Okay. So I was a, uh, an executive. There you go. That would hurt. Yeah, that, that did yeah. hurt. Oh, my bad. My signing bonus was only $25,000. Mm-hmm. Well, after so taxes. So that was going after taxes. Yeah. yeah that taxes in one dinner. Yeah. Then after I paid like my agent, there was no money. What'd you have that night? I, I didn't eat water. <laughs> I did not eat. I just I just said I'd already eat. Just try to save on the bill one meal, right? One dinner. Man, I, I can't even tell you where we were at too. An establishment where the food was great, the champagne was great, champagne was great, and. Um, I would say uh, the lingerie was great. <laughs> we have got to go to break on that. We'll be right back. <laughs>
Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Um, the story about the Hitman's rookie dinner. If you're just joining us, you will want to catch that. Uh, <laughs> any place you find your favorite podcast, you can find Blaine and Mickey and all your favorite Zone shows. We were having this discussion in a commercial break the other day, and, and, and Blaine brought this up, our director of content. We were just talking about the Super Bowl, and you know here the, the Bengals are, and they got a bunch of young players, and Joe Burrow in year two, and we had this discussion after they beat the Titans. You know, if they go on and make it, you know, does he become like Dan Marino, where he, in his second year, he played for the Super Bowl. And you always think, well, we're going to make like five of these. Well, you don't always make five of them. Dan Marino never made it back. And so Blaine said, I wonder if Dan Marino is the best player who never made it to a Super Bowl. Then we started naming like Barry Sanders and hey, Megatron, Bruce Matthews. Megatron. Megatron. And, and I brought up uh, Dick Budkus, uh, who played for the Bears. <laughs> Naturally, you would go back Somebody to from the-, the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Um, which he played before there was a Super Bowl, but he did play into the Super Bowl era. Uh, the beginning of his career, the Super Bowl didn't exist, but it did for the last half uh, of his career or so. So we put that question out on Blaine and Mickey Twitter, just who is the best player to never have played or to never have won a Super Bowl? Because you might even say you could pick a bunch of those bills. You can oh, say yeah, well, Jim it's, Kelly, it's Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith. You can start picking some of those guys who just played for you know one after the other and didn't make it. Biscuit, Cornelius Bennett. So we'd love to have some feedback from you. Just have a little fun with this in this hour. We only get to Super Bowl week one week a year, so we thought it'd be fun to have some Super Bowl topics this week. We had time to do it. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Uh, like our buddy Mike Oregon, uh, the Tennessean legend, longtime writer over there, he said Dan Marino. Dan Marino seems to be the, the, main the prevailing guy. guy. Mm-hmm. It got Randy Moss, Gail Sayers. Uh, you know, if somebody thinks I'm just looking at some of the uh, responses here uh, when I tweeted out. Uh, we got anything on the uh, the uh, board here? <laughs> Crazy Pellet Marino. on Twitter says Adrian Peterson, Calvin Johnson, and Dan Marino. Oil always rises, which I would imagine is very much a, an Oiler account, which I'm here yeah. for all the Oiler stand accounts. Earl Campbell. Jeff of Earl Campbell, the yeah. good Lord. Earl Warren Campbell. Moon. He got him some great cups. No Super Bowl ring. Not even appearance. Mm. Uh, Jordan DeArmon, a longtime radio person in this market, she weighed in and said Michael Vick and Joe Thomas. Longtime Cleveland Browns lineman. Uh, Man, a whole bunch of Dan Marinos. Randy Moss. Boyd says Eddie George. Big Ticket says Mm. Megatron. Uh, Kenneth in the uh, Zone TV chat said this, LaDainian Tomlinson. Oh, yeah, that's, that's one of the a, first the names first that I you said, said the other yeah. day. Mm-hmm. LT. Because I instantly go to like somebody from the 60s. You're like, man, somebody needs to bring up LT. Well, I said if you kind of go through each team, you could kind of pick out their, let's say, Hall of Fame players, if you can name them off the cuff, on, on some of the teams anyway. You know, uh, you got, what, Dan Fouts. You go Chargers route. Uh, you know, uh, and you keep going. Let's say uh, who's a – an elite, uh, let's say, you can't go New England. You can't go Jets. They have one with Mr. Joe. That uh, way, Joe, trying to, man, Tampa Bay. I mean, man, it's a, you know, you kind of start thinking there's a lot, but then you go, well, there's teams here recently, you know, that you say, oh, well, they finally got one. But, man, you can name each, each team with a player that you say, man, they should have got. They were an elite level player. Uh, Jeff says on Twitter, Blaine knows who, Fred Taylor. Yep, that is the dude. Who said that? Jeff on Twitter. Yeah, I was just talking about Fred Taylor today. 
uh, somebody asked me who was the best running back, and I went through a laundry list of, of running backs, then I finished with Fred Taylor. I said, I don't understand why he's not in the Hall of Fame. He was great at everything. And, I was, you, know, you know, the ones that are in there are deserving, but I go, I don't know if it's because he was just on the Jaguars. I said, but he was great blocker, catcher, runner. I said, I, I couldn't think of anything that he wasn't. I think he is the best back I've, I've faced. I mean, I've gone against uh, from Barry Sanders to uh, Bettis. I mean, you name them. And the reason why I say that is, and it's how I view positions, mm-hmm. just in general. I like the player that's elite at doing multiple things instead of just one thing. Because if you can conquer that, then that means you're the best at everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody's not going to be that, but that doesn't mean you can't be a Hall of Fame player. Uh, I thought Curtis Martin was uh, versatile, uh, but, uh, you know, Marshall Falk uh, was versatile. I don't know if he was as good of a blocker as Fred Taylor, but Fred Taylor could do all those things that he did. I mean, that, that, he was fast. He was tough. You and he I, hit me hard so hard one time, man. I mean, I, I, man, I heard bells ringing. I was like, oh, he tried to hurt me. And then I tried to hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this guy is, is a special. I mean, he still today is pissed off that we beat him. He, he won't even return my calls now. I, I call people around him and everything. Nope. Mm-mm. He's mad that we beat them. The Titans team. Not necessarily me, just the Titans. He's so mad about that. Yeah. After all these years. That's been a couple decades He will ago. not. Yeah. Yep, I text, no no text back. Unless I got the wrong number. I'm pretty sure my sources uh, gave me the right number. <laughs> he was a bad man. I mean, I put him up there at the top. You and I have talked about this before. I don't know if you remember. And I even looked I, go, I looked it up and I knew it was right. But we I, go Baselli and Cersei and Burnell and all those guys on Jimmy Smith. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Smith's another guy, I think. But, you know, maybe it's off the field. may hurt him a lot, but. Not supposed to be about that. Freddie T is 16th all time in the NFL in rushing. Freddie T's number 16. All right, name all the people who are ahead of him. Okay, everybody ahead of him. I knew it. Okay, here, here's the thing. Do you remember what I told you about Freddie T when he came up the last time? I, I know he wasn't 16. Yet. I think he was like 12 or something. He's right under a certain marker that you ha- seems like everybody who has this marker they're they're all in or going to get in because the other two are what is I don't remember it's 12,000 yards. What, he's got less than that? He's got just under 12. He's the next guy on the list. He has 11 what? He has 11,000, um, 11,695 yards. Everybody, he, he's after Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas is number 16. He has 12,074. Then it goes up from there. So it's uh, Thurman Thomas. And he missed a lot of games because he would pull a hamstring yep. or a groin. Or Soft the tissue he, stuff mm-hmm, did him yep. in. Mm-hmm. And he, even there at the beginning, so I, yeah, this, ooh, that's tough. There, he would definitely easily been over to that. Well, if that's been said, then Eddie George is never getting in. Then everybody I mean, with twelve thousand is in, or they're Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson. They're the only other two people who have more than twelve, and they're both getting Jenny. in. Yeah, and they're going. People are going to argue about Frank Gore because yeah. this was a discussion we had. People like, oh, he only made a, a Pro Bowl two or three times, whatever it was. It doesn't matter if you carry the ball that far against the best football players in the world. Frank Gore's third all time. I know. Remember, I, I said he's going to get in the Hall of Fame. Everybody laughed at me. I said, look, and they said, well, it's because he didn't make his teams better. Well, if his teams were so sorry, why was he still rushing for that kind of yardage? He can only do so much in a team sport. Right. Uh, I mean, so, hey, man, longevity is part of the equation, in my opinion, 
Uh, and he did it. That's hard to do. So, yeah, hats off to him. He may not get in on first ballot or anything like that, but eventually he will get in. Now, do I think, and I've never played against Frank Gore, but I, I don't, as far as talent, I, I don't think he can touch Freddie T. I, I don't, I don't probably, I don't think he's a better talent than Eddie George. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He so, just, but that, it's not about talent when you get in the Hall of Fame, it's about your numbers. Right. So, yeah. So a lot of these guys that we're talking about, whether it's Bruce, Bruce Matthews or Fred Taylor or Dan Marino, whoever it might be, a bunch of these guys did make it to the Hall of Fame. I wonder how much it could have changed the course of other people's career. Like if Fred Taylor, if the Jags did win the Super Bowl. Uh, and, or just make it. Yeah. and Or in the case of you guys, you know, Bruce Matthews is in. Oh, the legend was getting in regardless. He was getting in regardless. He played guard, center, and tackle, man. But but it nobody... could have been a punter, long snapper. It could have been a tight end. He was just that athletic. It was just uh, that's winning. I don't know. Maybe they would give a better shot for uh, Eddie and, and Mac. I think Mac would still come up a little short. I think Eddie would didn't have a better shot. Just yeah. And we've been over Derek Mason's. Oh, I numbers a bunch of times. Now that everybody's kind of leveled out, he's still in the top 20 all-purpose yardage in NFL history. I think he's at 19. Yeah, we looked that up. He's the leading receiver for two different teams. Yeah. There's only 32. Yeah, he's pretty bad. I mean, bad dude. he leads two of them in receiving, talking about D-May. So. Yeah, I just saw him today. Yeah, that's how I know he's 19. Because I said, <laughs> I said, man, you in the top 10. He's like, nah, man, time has passed. And the guys are creeping up there on me. I'm in, I'm in the top 20 now. Couldn't but believe it. Sometimes, too, I think you've got to look at the era that guys played in. And one of the first responses we got from Blaine and Mickey, uh, and I thought, okay, I'm going to save this because I thought it was such a good answer. When we were talking about, okay, who's the best NFL player in your eyes? By the way, John says, uh, Philip Rivers. Uh, he threw him on the list, getting some oh, Bo yeah, Jacksons now. Um, I don't know. Bo was uh, didn't play long enough there. He was a great that. athlete. Yeah, he may be the greatest athlete of all time. Well, that may be a discussion for another day because he, he may be the best athlete of all time. Hey, what about three of the best tight ends to ever play the game? Antonio Gates, Jason Witten, Tony, Tony Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Not one. Not one of them in the Hall of Fame? Uh, Super Bowl. Not one of them won the oh, Super, Bowl. Super Bowl. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. You can make a case those are the three best tight ends in NFL history. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Shannon Sharp. He's he's got one though. He got his. Shannon Sharp got his. But yeah, you definitely can make an argument for tight ends for sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of matchups versus Shannon Sharp and Tony Gonzalez. Aaron said this. Uh he was like the first response I retweeted, Blaine and Mickey. He said, Dan Marino, and it's not close. He said Barry is second. Marino was putting up pinball numbers when you could take a quarterback's head off. Mm-hmm. And you could hit all the receivers and you could hit them all the way up and down the field and bump bump them and hold them and everything. People wouldn't believe watching football from the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. No, oh Dan Fouts, too. Speaking of numbers. Dan Fouts put up unbelievable numbers. Yeah. But the Marino thing, when he was throwing for, what, 5,000 yards or even four, Dan, Dan Fouts was throwing for 4,000 when people weren't throwing for three. And then Dan Marino was throwing for five when people were throwing for 3,500. Really? Man. All I know is, boy, that was the quickest release I've ever played against. That's it. That's a wrap. Kenneth says Darrell Revis. Revis Island. Oh, yes. How can you go, oh, Revis? Uh, Revis was a bad man. 
Well, there's a bunch of names. Uh, Keith said Freddie Taylor was a beast. Injuries, this is in the Zone TV chat. Injuries were his issue, but that just comes with the NFL. Mm-hmm. Who was the best guy? I remember, this is so funny, I was, the only time Ken Wisenhunt ever really talked to me was on a Friday after practice. About Mittenberger? No. Who, and, ju- who just got an analyst job with Alabama. Well, look at him. Yeah, yeah. And we're watching high school ball here in Nashville yeah. last couple of years. And we're uh and he married to Mr. Wisenhunt's daughter? Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. I oh, think, yeah. I, 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 I forgot about that. He, he was he, at uh, he, Father Ryan, right? Yeah, he, he was at Father Ryan in Hillsborough. Okay. At yeah, some point or another. Yeah. He said, since I, you know, I didn't I didn't leave a tight end for you and to help protect you versus the Texans. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. Uh, uh, hand you to my wife. I mean, my daughter. As <laughs> <laughs> your wife. Not just kidding, man. <laughs> that was a tough sled in there, man. But uh, good for him. There was a guy who played with Wisenhunt named John uh, Settle. With Wisenhunt? Yeah, when he was a player. Oh, my. You're going back that far. I can't even think back that far. And I brought him up, and he was like, he had like a 1,000 yards as a rookie undrafted back. He was the first guy to do it. But then injuries and everything just derailed his career. Like he had one great season, and then he was out of the NFL in three years. I was going to ask you, because we were talking about these all-time great players, but who maybe never made the, never won the Super Bowl. Who was somebody that you played with that you thought this guy's going to be one of the best ever? But then just lack of work ethic, or never got better, or got injured, and he just disappeared. Oh, I don't know. That has to be somebody I played with. I, I really can give you the insight on uh, you know on other teams. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of players like that. I mean. Man, uh, man, jeez, I, I don't know where I would even start with that. Uh, probably, I mean, uh, Rodney Hampton. Like, man, I thought Rodney Hampton was going to be really good. And, you know, kind of fizzled out and he was done. It was like, man, he was at the top for like two years and then boom, over. Georgia running back with the Giants. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I remember him. Yeah, he's a really good player. Yeah, you can go down the list. Though. That's That's everywhere. A lot of guys just don't live up their, you know, expectations because they think what happens is guys have worked so hard to get there and they think once they've arrived, they made it, is that now, okay, I put in the work, now I'm just going to play, where you got to continue to evolve your game and grow in your game, and a lot of them don't. They And maybe some of them don't realize it and they don't know how to. Uh, with all the, you know, training that today, there's no excuse that they're doing in the offseason, even coming into the pros. That's why you see quarterbacks, receivers more developed because now you have seven-on-seven seven and they're trainers all over the place training how to run routes. Because it's really no excuse at this point in time now for anything like that. Yeah, guys, uh, I mean, it's it's 1,000 per senior year-round year league. I saw Tyran Matthew or Tyron, however you want to say his name, the Honey Badger, tweeted today. Back on the grind feels good to be. They, I mean, they just lost a couple of weeks ago. Hey, man, sorry, I got to get ready for I told next. You year. Used to take me a couple of weeks before I get slowly start moving towards, you know, getting back to to working out. Mm-hmm. Got to take a couple of weeks, but it's hard, man. It's in your DNA. You just can't stop. You're addicted to it, and you want to be better than you were in the version of you were the year before. So, and then they're always trying to bring in somebody to take your job. So you're always looking to say, "I'm gonna show I'm better than I was last year." Whatever it takes for you to get motivated. Well, these dudes are already working. I was in the locker room um, interviewing guys after the Titans lost to Kansas City, and one of the young guys, you know, threw his bag down or something, and Jarrell goes, no, young fella, don't get upset. 
the grind starts tomorrow. We're going to just get right back, go further. I'll, I'll, you know, Jarrell is trying to lift those. He said, "Hey, man, don't get discouraged. The grind starts tomorrow. We're going to start back again." Well, you're saying the loss, the AFC Championship loss, yeah, and that was Jarrell's last. That game? was Jarrell's last game here. He wound up in Denver, but he was, you know, he was like, "Hey, man, I'm, I'm going back to work tomorrow. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to get back here, try to get further the next year." Well, that's why he's a better, better guy than me. Uh, I wouldn't have said tomorrow. <laughs> he said tomorrow. I, I would have said, hey, man, take a couple weeks off and then take that pain out on, on your workouts this offseason. He said the grind starts tomorrow. No, I'll never forget no that. Doubt. No doubt. Um, interesting story about a potential draft pick for the Titans. Potential? Yeah, it's one of these mock drafts. It didn't surprise me, but I thought, here we go again. I'll tell you who it is next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. So when have we got a Preds giveaway coming up? You want to do it now? Oh, we're doing it. All right. Uh, so get your dialing fingers ready, 615-737-1045. Uh, it's free ticket Thursday with 104.5 The Zone, the National Predators. You can make caller number five now. Your chance to win Preds tickets to see the Washington Capitals in Smashville. That's uh, coming up Tuesday, February 15th. It's the night after Valentine's Day. Why not uh, do something all romantical there? Uh, here's your chance. Preds uh, uh, having a great season. So why would you miss out on it? Maybe if you don't get these tickets, you can get more information on Predators tickets right now. Just go to nationalpredators.com slash tickets. They got single games on sale. Hit up Smashville and paint the town Preds at Bridgestone Arena. So it's mock draft season. You know that I, you know, drink from the mock draft fountain. I I, I, I love it. I love everything about uh, the off season. Unfortunately, around here, our off season seems to go a little bit longer uh, than we would ever want it to. But Titans are now known as you know the team they they take chances on guys. Right, Big Jeff paid off, made the Pro Bowl. Big Jeff, second team All Pro. Bud Dupree, they signed a free agent with the torn ACL. He wound up playing 11 games. Uh, Caleb Farley came in with back issues and knee issues in his past. Well, his back seemed to hold up, but his knee did. So he had some. The other knee. The other knee did. Oh, my. We've got to level it out now. It'll be, it'll be all on point now. So you talked a lot. This is why this is interesting to me. Because we all wondered how long that. There's the the NFL window thing. How long is the window for your team the way it's currently constructed, right? Because of your quarterback or because of the layout of your team. Most of the time, it has to do with your quarterback. So as last year started, it's like, okay, is this a two-year window? This year, we're saying, is it maybe one year left in the window? We've talked about this a lot. So my thing was, in the first round of the draft, if you really think this window is only two more years or so, don't you have to try to try to draft a guy that you think can go out right now, tomorrow, and 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 start or just contribute immediately? And he's in what position? Whatever you take in the first round, oh. got to be a guy that that okay. This dude has got to be ready to go. But they took Caleb Farley, who was coming off back surgery, so he was more of a project. Heck, the second round pick was Dylan Radens, who has really turned out to be. More of a project. He was a tackle in college who couldn't get on the field at guard. Although the one game that he played, he, he held up fine. But he's been more of a project, first and second round. 
Well, this CBS sports reporter, Josh Edwards, has the Titans taking. And I wasn't even surprised at all. I think we talked about this the I next day. I did not day. see this. I'm, I think I'm, I'm a guess, and everybody's saying linebacker. No, Alabama no wide receiver Jamison Williams. At oh, number 26 to do with the torn ACL. He tore it on January 10th in a national championship game. So Bud Dupree tore his in December and was only able to play 11 games this year. And wasn't the same player. Wasn't the until same the guy. end of the season. Nope. Until basically uh, a year after the surgery. As I said, it typically happens. So would you take her as talented as this cat is? And I, and I, yeah, well, he's super talented. But can they wait another year? Because this was January, meaning season could be over before he's like, yeah, I feel 100% again. Start my off-season training for year two. Well, let's just say this. I think John Robinson, I kind of think he feels like when he makes these decisions that he's getting value. We did it with Jeffrey Simmons. Who was a top five, ten talent. Yep. And he came off an ACL tear, I think, while he was training, correct? And he also had, uh, you know, something on his little docket there uh, in a scuffle. So uh, I think he took Farley, and he thought, man, I got a top ten talent again. Even though he's injured, yep. getting back right, then I win. So he thinks he's win when he's getting value for the position. I think that's a flawed way of looking at things, and I get it why he does that. And it's kind of a, you know a analytical kind of deal too, as well. You feel like you're getting high value for your pick, but in society where you want instant success, that does not work. You do not have time. If not, well, he may feel like he got time now, especially after getting a new contract. But to me, if you want to capitalize on this window, uh. I would not do that as much as I love that player. I need guys that can play now because I think first and foremost, they're going to maybe let Julio walk. I don't know what they're thinking in June 1st. They can get out of his contract and, you know, whatever. It's only a $4 million hit or whatever. Cuts the cap hit. Right. Some some this year and some next year as opposed to if you cut somebody right. now, you eat the whole cap hit in one right. year. So yeah. they can possibly do that. And if they're thinking they're going to do that, they may look at a receiver. I wouldn't go there because I want now. I got to have my guy now. We're I, In my mind, I don't know what his mind is thinking. We got one-year window. This year is it. Yeah. That I'm going to have this nucleus together, uh, at least the core and the main guys. And so I'm, I'm trying to make that run. So I got to have a guy come in there and play right away, whatever position it is. That's kind of how I'm viewing it. It doesn't even matter mm-hmm. if it's receiver or not. It's just, for me, it's just that. He's got to play right away. So if you let Sappho go, uh, you let him walk, or do you let Ben Jones? I mean, how how do you work through this? I got to have some guys that got to come in right now. Do you give AJ Brown an extension now? I mean, to soften you know some of the blow of the you know conversation about Julio or whatever happens there from a you know a PR standpoint. So there's a lot of ways you can go. I really haven't decided what I think they should take yet until I see their free agent moves. Mm -hmm. Because that's first. And that'll give you some inkling, I guess, indication of how they're thinking if you're reading the tea leaves or what they're doing. Uh, So I'm not sure where they're going to go here because I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Cunningham with his salary. I would keep Cunningham, but a lot of people are like, oh, that's $10 million. You got him and Long. You're trying to make this thing work. For a year, and, so and they I, just signed his old coach, Cunningham's coach from the Texans, right? Position coach, yeah, King. 
Yeah. Uh, Bobby King, I think is yeah. his name. So, yeah, I think I, I'm rolling with that one. Uh, I feel like I got a steal and I got, I'm paying less than, you know, top linebackers. So I'm, I'm okay with that in my mind. So I may not. I don't know how they view that. They may not like that. Maybe the Bobby Kings, you know, signing a linebacker has nothing to do with anything, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, Really tough for me. I feel like we can get by with the secondary, even if you let Jack Rabbit go uh, with some good, solid players, no great players. Um, definitely would re-sign my man, Screen. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, he's my veteran guy, utility guy. I can play him all over the place. Uh, so maybe you uh, go after, without knowing anything at this point in time, with me have reservations to change. Mm, it's always... Feels comfortable that you can always go for a skilled guy, and that makes it easy because it's a splashy play. Nobody likes when you draft an offense or defensive line. <laughs> I mean, as good as they are, at tw- if you stay at 26, yep. you got to get somebody that you think would have been a high second-round pick. So it could be a receiver. There could be a, a slew of them. I just wonder if if they can't trade and they're stuck there, so they couldn't get like a couple of seconds or a second and an extra third, whatever, whatever it might be. Do not say tight end. No, no, not. Uh, although they're <laughs> going to have to draft a tight end because they don't have any. Right. So they'll they draft. Contract. They'll draft one somewhere, and then they'll sign. They have to sign a free agent too. But what if you get there? I saw one mock draft that only had three quarterbacks taken before twenty six. It was Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis and um um. Where did he go to school? Um, oh gosh, Kenny Pickett, and Malik Willis. And um, Ritter. No, he wasn't taken. Okay, I'm just guessing quarterbacks. Um, what do you get? What if you get there and you're like the quarterback that we actually like of all these guys is there? Whoever, whoever it might be. I am in for drafting a quarterback and start building on replacing Tannehill this year, but this is not the year to do it in my mind. I, I just, I, I don't, I see some really good players. I don't see. Any fantastic players as we move on? It's, oh, Matt Corral was the other one who was yeah, taken. Matt's coming off knee surgery. Yep. Yeah. See, and, and when I talk to different people, I just I don't see any franchise type quarterbacks. They make they're going to still go in the first round. Um, I, I I'm reserved on that. I don't. I man, I'm not, I'm not jumping for joy for any of those guys. To be honest, right now, right. I, I saw Pickett play. I like his. He's got a little bit of uh, confidence, swag to him. I just don't know how strong his arm is, NFL talent. Uh, the Willis kid seems to have all the talent, but he's kind of a, a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ritter seems to show that he can do some things, but he's so inconsistent, and he's got a frail frame. I'm always looking at the frames because quarterbacks get hit when they don't have the ball, uh, and he does. He's capable of running. So I, you know, that that's a little bit of a concern. Uh, they they had that concern with Marcus. He still went, you know, second pick. So I mean, you know, so it's hard to say. I just man, I haven't seen anyone. You see anybody you really love, Lucas, at twenty six of the quarterbacks that no. are out there, especially because you don't have a second round pick. And see, this is where you can go wrong, Mickey. Is that you force the issue oh, and, and take a quarterback because you're quarterback. trying to frame it and get ready for the transition to Tannehill and try to stay a year ahead of it. And that way, you say, okay, if not this year, in another year. So it gives you two years to work with them while Tannehill's at the helm. Mm-hmm. 
But if it's nobody that you really believe, don't force the issue. I feel like we're still trying to catch up for the, the tackle mess up with the panda. Oh, 100% they are. And, and because right now, we still, I mean, Quisenberry is a restricted guy. I feel like we need to uh, make an upgrade there. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, hit on this and more. Also, uh, you may or may not have heard there's a big, big number out there for A.J. Brown from one of these guys who projects what people are going to get in their next contract. It is a big, big number. And we'll share that with you as we start our number two of Blaine and Mickey. Bigger than a ding dong? <laughs>